Hey, this is Todd Burns from Red Bull Music Academy. Welcome to Couch Wisdom, our regular podcast presenting the best of RBMA's lecture archive. Ka witnessed the genesis of hip-hop growing up in Brownsville, Brooklyn, but it wasn't until his first album, Ironworks, made its way to Jizza, and the Wu-Tang MC had him guest on his 2008 track, Firehouse, that he made his name in the wider world. By the time Ka's next LP, Grief Pedigree, dropped in 2012, he'd honed his stark, minimal style to perfection. In control of everything, rhymes, beats, videos, distribution, Ka is a single-minded force in rap. Sitting with Jeff Mao at the 2016 Red Bull Music Academy, Ka talks about growing up in Brownsville, the escapism of art, and the patience needed to find and accept your own voice. If you want to learn more about the Academy, please stay tuned after the lecture. For now, enjoy this bit of Couch Wisdom. Won't you please welcome Ka. Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Red Bull, for, uh, for having me. Uh, thanks, Jeff, for another opportunity to sit and chat with you. I appreciate the people. I know y'all know who I am, so thanks for even being patient and coming back in the room. So uh, You're too modest. I've told you this before, but you're too modest. Um, you make music that is deeply personal. People have used different adjectives to describe it, but I'm kind of curious to know you yourself. How would you describe it to the folks in the room here? To me, it's the therapeutic. I mean, if I wasn't doing it, then I'd probably be crazy. I'm not saying I'm not crazy now, but I'd be more crazy if I wasn't able to just vent and just uh, just get all of the stuff out and just kind of purge, you know, and then uh, that's what each album is. It's like a purge. Like, I, I could chill and be normal for a little while until... It's pent up again, and I got to do it again. So it's more more personal than anything. Um, I would like to just sort of reset our ears with a piece of music from Ka. Um, this is from please don't boo. That's just <laughs> don't boo. This is uh, from his most recent release, which is entitled "Honor Killed the Samurai," and it is called "Conflicted." Hey there. At this point in the lecture, they played some music. Unfortunately, due to copyright reasons, we can't play that here. Yeah. I'm bummed too. Anyway, uh, enough from me. Let's go back to couch wisdom. I wanted to play this song because it's kind of a fitting introduction in a way to you. Um, It lays out a number of different things about your subject matter, the themes you explore, the sound of it as well. But just what do you feel like this song evokes? Well, it was the first song on the new album, and uh, it was like every album I do, like I'm introduced like people that don't know me, like you know. So every album is a new album. It's, it's the introduction of me to someone. So I wanted them to know like the duality of man, and I'm just showing you this in a song. And so that was like you know, my mother always told me to be good. My father was not. They ain't tell me to be good, but he was he was hood. You know, my father was was a hood dude. So I'm from Brownsville, Brooklyn. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. You know, you hear it. So, you know, I'm I'm from I'm I'm from a time in when Brooklyn before the gentrification, it was rough out. Uh, you know, I was in high school in eighty six. I'm so sunny he wasn't even born in eighty six, so you know, but uh I saw a lot. And um so, you know, a lot of the things the 
gutter things that was going on, I was dealing with. And uh, mother was telling my mom, was trying to protect me from it. My father was trying to protect me from it another way by being, taking an offensive stance at it. So, you know, I was like, I'm hearing it from both sides. Like, you know, be a good boy. Mom, my pops like, uh, you got a gun, right? Like, you know, so it was like, it was things like that, you know, that was going on in, in for me. And I just, you know, that was part, that was just the song for that. You have a, a different theme or motif um, that you explore on your most recent albums, I guess for the last three or four. Honor Killed the Samurai is the title of this project. I'm just curious as to what it was about that culture that drew you to it. What was compelling about that that you could relate to? Well, I really like... It was, you know, like every album I'm like, trying to learn you know like it's so I'm, I'm, I'm reading more now like I'm trying to you know I wasn't really too good in school so like now this is my opportunity to become a um, smarter man or whatever so like, every album is like I'm doing an album to do an album but I'm also like yo I can study now and learn so I was diving into <clears throat> growing up I was like in the karate flicks and then you know then I saw like the Japanese flicks where it wasn't all the pageantry of the karate flicks it was just one sword swipe the fight is over I'm like I, as a kid I'm like this ain't exciting but growing up I was like, yo, this is, became dope to me. So I'm like, so I just started diving into what a samurai was. And then, you know, then their code of honor. And I was like, this is just dope. And I started getting into it more and more. And I, I just, I'm, I'm on it now. And, you know, and, and you know, I think uh, them taking their lives for honor was just something that I felt like it was, I was doing for my art. Like, you know, like, hip-hop and the aspect of hip-hop that I do like I pride myself in the lyrics I feel like that's not really important as much anymore in the art of hip-hop like it's a lot more style now and again you know who you are but just that pen like I'm I want my pen to be perfect that's what I'm striving striving to be a, a an amazing writer nobody really care about that really like you know what I'm saying in the art right now you know but I care about it so I'm gonna make sure that I'm right so it's like I'm in the samurai perspective, like I'm hurting my maybe career, for, maybe from outlookers, you know, me, I'm good. But, you know, from other people, they like, you know, you writing all these rhymes, but you know, you're not on the radio. You ain't really, but I don't really care about I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing what I want to do. So the honor and the samurai thing, I'm taking my life in a way to, to treasure what I treasure. So that's what that was from. I mean, what does honor mean to you? I mean, is do you see it out here? You know, do you, is it something in life? Do you encounter well, people here and there that you feel that there's a shortage of? Or is it just something you embraced because of your own experiences? Well, just like I've always been around people of honor. And to me, it's just you following your path and not like compromising. Like that's just, this is what you, this is my passion. This is what I want to do. Yeah, it's not popping. It's not what's popping right now. But am I gonna? A man of honor is gonna do. A person of honor is gonna do what they do, regardless of what the outside is saying. So that's me. I'm doing what I do, regardless of what the the, the noise might be. So so that that's honorable. It's far artistically honorable to me. I'm not saying I don't really know. I, I'm not. I'm not a sociable dude as far as like uh, like as far as like peers you know like I, I speak to a couple cats you know but on a whole it's not a I'm not really in the mix so I don't I'm not everybody that I know honor honorable as far as their music but I don't know the outside of, of what hip-hop is or you know 
So I don't know, but I would so I would hope that they doing their passion. I would hope. So you mentioned Brownsville, uh, Hull, yeah, and Hull, Saratoga. Hopkinson and Saratoga. Yeah, I don't think they call it Hopkinson anymore, but I always call it Hopkinson. I think they call it Thomas S. Boylan. But that's the block I was raised on, uh, Hull Street. That's the block that molded me to be who, who I am. You know, I saw a lot of things on that block. Um, did a lot of things to rep that block when I was a kid. Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, 63 Hull Street was the address. You know, it was it was it was a different kind of living back then. I'd like to uh, actually run the first video if we can, just to give us a little bit of additional context on Brownsville. This is a little bit before, probably a little bit before your time, but still sort of setting the uh, the atmosphere of what was going on. So that's 1971. Yeah, I was born in 72. So, obviously, these things did not disappear in 1972 or in the years immediately after. Um, What do you recall just on a day-to-day level, just living life as a kid um, amongst these these circumstances? Um, It's funny because when when you're born and raised in that, you don't even notice something is wrong. Like, you know, until... I started watching like different strokes and I was like, well, we don't live like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, hey, this, that's, what is this? Right. But, um, that was just normal. Like, you know, I used to play in abandoned buildings with my friends. We used to, you know, I caught the ringworms in the lot next door. I used to be able to see like five blocks down just through lots. And, you know, I could, you know, that's what it was. And, you know, I, it was, it was different. It was a different. I can't even like to explain it to people who just like what is like. I'm sure y'all are, like appalled by that, but that was like, oh yeah, that's that's Chester Street. Like you know, of course it looked like that, but um, you know, it was. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know until I got older that I was fucked up. You know what I mean? Like you know, I'm like just having the, my whole formative years of going through that of course I'm like damaged from that you know and like the art right now is helping me kind of like heal you know through through that but uh yeah I saw you know I would get candy from the dolphins because you know the dolphins if you don't know they always like candy after they're high or whatever so I would get candy from the dolphins and then the dope went away and then I would you know the crackheads came and then like so it was just a lot of drugs a lot of just violence and it was crazy but that's what made me so do you remember the moment when crack hit? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember it was like it was like gradual, but uh, cause like cocaine kind of came. It's it was everything was weed and then dope, you know, and then then cocaine started moving in. But there was more like the fly kids were on cocaine. Like it was like they used to be smoking woos and bones. I don't know if you the Wu Tang songs you hear him talking about woos, right? You know, they would like gut a, a cigarette out of the tobacco and fill it with cocaine and smoke it. And uh and then a you know, a bone where they would like sprinkle some coke in the in the weed in the you know in the joint and they would blow. And then they started sniffing coke. And then then I think that Richard Pryor thing, like when you know when he was freebasing, which was the making of crack. I hope I'm not giving y'all no drug lesson. Y'all need that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh so they was freebasing and then the freebasing went to crack, which was a, a quicker form of it, you know. Um, and, you know, as a kid, I used to see the, you know, the vials on the corner. And I knew some other, like, kids younger than me, they used to be picking up, like, oh, I got a bunch of red ones, I got a bunch of blue ones, I got a bunch of gold ones, you know. And they would be picking up crack vials. And then 
I knew the smell like like that's funny smell. That's you know that's crack. It, the name crack came from the crackling of the uh, when they smoked it. It would crackle, so they called it crack. And um, yeah, and when it hit, it was it it just if you thought that was bad, it got even worse. It was worse than that in the eighties. It was it was it was a nightmare. It was prostitutes on the corner of my block. It was you know, and then you know, I was unfortunately. You know, I was in a house with a lot of us. It was like at least 13 of us in the house. And of the 13, if you never lived with a crackhead, be don't ever live with a crackhead. They will steal everything you have. Like, so, you know, from the transition of being cool and, you know, recreational drugs to smoking crack and then now you're a crackhead, it was, it was, it was whack living. So. When did uh, music be some, become something that captivated you? Well, again, I came, I was born at the right time where disco was dying and hip hop came about, whatever this hip hop shit was. And like, they were speaking to me. And it was more like, you know, you know, party, party music, party music. And then I I I told told you before, as soon as, you know, I was hearing like Melly Mel talk about, uh, you know, bill collectors at my door, you know, scare my wife when I'm not home and all that. And, you know, I can't walk through the park because it's crazy after dark, keep my hand on my gun because they got me on a run. I was like, oh, they, they talking to me. Like, this is this is what I'm seeing. Like, you know, I'm not going to no parties. I'm out here in the street and it's rough. And that's when it became like a, as an escape. You know, like as a, as a young kid, I was like, you know, let me write a little something and try to be a rapper. And, and then, you know, then it became like, that was the way for me to kind of just like, just pull away from all the shit I'm seeing and just get a little my composition book and write so that's it I've been doing this forever and that's helped me out I mean you were seeing obviously these things happening around you you know at what point were you participating in any of this stuff oh early early uh, you know my cousins I was like the youngest of the cousins so I had a lot of a lot of uh, role models bad role models obviously uh, that were they were in it, you know what I mean? They selling coke, they selling crack. I'm, you know, being broke. You know, I speak to my cousin a lot, like, yo, you know, I was, how are we gonna sell some, you know, I need I need some money too. I like that Bieber you got and, you know, like these new shoes, I, I want that too. And, you know, I got introduced into just selling drugs and, you know, I had to, I didn't have to go far to learn. Like it was, I just talked to him like, yo, what are we doing? How are we doing this? And so I, I got into it, you know, I didn't like it. Cause it was weird to me. I guess I was I, put it like this: my cousins was selling drugs. My aunt was on drugs. My cousins was selling drugs. His sister was on drugs. His brother was on drugs. It was like we, in the house was we had drug dealers and drug takers like all in the same house. It was just a weird dynamic. And I'm seeing this, and I'm like, yes, I want to get money, but yes, also somebody's destroying my household too by just doing the same thing. So it was like, you know, do I, am I, should I be greedy or should I be, you know, like a remedy? I mean, I was young. It was, this was too much to process at fucking 12 years old. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm just like, all right, fuck it. Let's just go get, make money and, you know, let's walk around with guns because that's what everybody doing. We not fighting no more. We gonna have to start shooting each other. And that's just what it was. Like, so it, it was, it was weird. So yeah, I was, I was thrown in. Like, you know, yeah. I'm surprised I'm here right now. So it's just, it's just good that I'm survived all that. I mean, it's important to mention because I think like from the outside, you know, people who may have a more conservative perspective on things will say, well, just don't, don't get involved. And it's not that simple. Oh yeah, it's not that simple. It's like, you want to be the sucker and you want to be the sucker in Brownsville? 
I don't think so. I mean, you don't want to be the sucker wherever y'all from, but to be a sucker where there's a bunch of predators, that ain't that ain't it. You know, I mean, I I, I wasn't a sucker. It was no way. You know, I'm I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. What we doing? This is what we doing? I'm doing that. You know what I mean? So just to just to be not ostracized in the neighborhood. You know, like yeah, you know, we we got guns. We got guns too. So whatever. I mean, Mike Tyson was from Brownsville. Yeah, he got picked on. Yeah, exactly. That's what made him Tyson, right? One of somebody uh, like snapped the neck of one of his birds, and he went became Tyson. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, but see, when I was young, Tyson was already like boom. Tyson was most high millionaire. But I remember Tyson coming through the block one day. Nice, you know. He had his. Uh, he might have came in the lamp in a um, in a in the limo, which was classy back then, limousines. And uh, there was a dude was on the corner. His name was Meat, and he had a pigeon coop on the corner on the uh, roof and uh, Tyson came through and messed with the pigeons. Even even came through on, even came through on Thanksgiving and gave like some turkeys out. You know? Good dude, man. Good dude. So, when did you actually have the ambition to to record, to make, to, to take the rhyming thing more seriously? Um, you said it was an escape. You know, when did, how did that sort of gradually become more important to you? Uh, one of my cousins who was getting money, um, he saw that, you know, I, I'm in my book. Like, hey, what you write? What you write? What you writing all the time? Like, you know, his older cousin, man, my cousin Dion, the man. Um, he was like, what you writing, man? I'm like, yeah, I'm just writing my little raps. You know, let me hear something. Let me hear something. And I, was, I wasn't I was good, but my family, he loved me. So he was just like, you know, as you tell little shorty to encourage him, yo, that's good. You know what I'm saying? Just keep getting better. So again, like I said, he was doing his thing. He was getting money. He gave me a thousand dollars and like, 89, 90, or something like that. And um, he gave me a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yo, uh, go to the studio. Go do some, you know, go do some music. And uh, so that was like my entree into it. And um, it just made it serious. Back then, everything was demo, demo, demo. It's not like how right now, like $1,000, you can go make an album, put it on the internet. There was no internet back then. You know what I mean? So I had to go to the studio, you know, get somebody to make a beat for me. It was a process. And, you know, I had to pay for studio time, which was whatever... Hundred dollars an hour and yeah. all that, you know, and that's what the start was. And you know, he just he, and then I just was like, yo. After that, I made connections because then you become like legit. Like I got a real demo. Like you know, it don't got to be good, but it's like, oh, he's serious about this. So now I can make connections with other people that's rapping. And oh yeah, you coming to the studio for free now, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I guess eventually, at some point, one of the folks that you connected with later was uh. Mr. Voodoo, is that right? Yeah, Mr. Voodoo. Uh, I'm sure he's, they don't know who that is, but um, natural, ele- is. natural elements. There was a crew in in you know in, in in New York was called Natural Elements, and they were like an underground group, and they were getting a lot of acclaim. And um, one of the dudes, the head dude, uh, the more the more famous of them, Mr. Voodoo. Uh, we, we went to school together. We went to we went to City College together, and uh, he, you know back then. As probably now, the loudest ones are the ones that don't do it that don't do it so well. So I was doing it pretty loud, you know what I'm saying? So everybody knew I'm rhyming, like I'm rhyming for everybody, you know. And um, so he was like, he must have saw something. I was like, yo, just come to the studio. So I got into this group called Natural Elements. Charlemagne was a producer. He produced for all of us. It was L Swift, uh, Big Tim, uh, Stex, G Blast. It was a bunch of us. Then we would go to the Bronx every Saturday and uh be in a studio and he'd make a beats for all of us. You know, and we, you know, 
that's for you. This for you. And we battling for this beat and all that. But that helped me get me to help me to know like what, how to structure a song. Because back then you just, I was just writing rhymes. I had pages and pages and books and I had a duffel bag of just raps on receipts and back of transfers on buses. Like it just, it was just I just was rapping just to rap. But they did let me know like, okay, this is how you make a song. And you know, you break this, break that up. And this, this is a bar right here. And this was a hook. This is a hook. And this is that. So with that, they helped me become a better artist. It was a progression to like, to start making songs. And, yeah. So did you, do you think you were nice back then? I was dead garbage back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was trash back then. But it was the, I knew I wanted to do it and I knew I had something to say. I just didn't, know, you know, it takes time to find your voice. Some of y'all, you know, some kids are prodigies. They just, yo, they got it. Like immediately, I was not a prodigy. Uh, it took me time to find my voice. Um stages and I, I I got help through natural elements was one of the stages to get me to another plateau yeah. the next plateau was I did another group with my boy uh, you know God rest his soul one of my best friends Kev we were in a group called Nightbreed and this was in the later 90s and he was stellar so stepped me up to be better and um, you know that was another plateau for me to reach, you know, doing songs with him. And he's like, yo, I'm, I'm listening to this song. Like, yo, his parts are incredible, man. My part's kind of corny. Like, I, you know, but this was my man. He loved me. You know what I'm saying? This was like, yo, he just, we did, we did songs. And eventually I got up to snuff and, and then, you know, that was another plateau. So. You, you don't, you glossed over some of this stuff. You really don't want me to play any of this early stuff of yours. Oh, I mean, if, you always say you I mean, I got to clap. I got the people clap for me. Please don't make them boo for me now, man. Like, come on, man. No, I'm not going to make them boo. But let's just give a little context, all right? Um, this is a track, actually, Natural Elements featuring Ka. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm not going to play cool. the one. Yeah, that, yeah, do your thing. Be, I'm not going to play I'm, the one you I'm hate. I'm here. Maybe you don't hate this one as much. I'm it's here. It's called here. Triple Team. Thank you, thank you. So... You heard three voices. The two, the two good voices you heard were uh, was Mr. Voodoo and L. Swift. Uh, then then I, it was, I was the other. At that time, the more gravelly voice. voice was was K. A. That's who I was before Ka. Uh, so yeah, that was that was me. Now you decided to step away from this group. Why? Um. Because I was bad, I felt like I was holding it back. I was like, "Yo, these kids are these kids are dope." Like, you know what I mean? And I, there was a a time where, like, again, like I don't ever want to hold nobody back. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, "Yo, they could they could skyrocket if it wasn't for me." I I knew I was bringing them down, but they were doing me a solid by putting me in the group. So I felt like I need to do them a solid and be like, "Yo, boom, go do your thing." And so I stepped away, and they filled that spot with a dude called A Butter, who was very like yo he he was like in pocket with them immediate and they made some great music together they actually got as soon as I left boom they got signed by Tommy Boy great yeah, you know and then I was happy for them and um then I went to go do the music with my boy from down the block which was my man Kev so how, so how does Nightbreed sound to you now? Uh, it depends on what song you play you know what I'm saying you know, but I, I love Nightbreed because that was more like that was my Boy, like you know what I mean. So we were we were in each other's houses writing and 
talking about real experiences that we were doing at the time. So, you know, I'll, I'll forever love Nightbreed. That's, you know, that's just my, one of my best friends. Let's hear a little bit of Nightbreed. Two roads out the ghetto. Yeah, that was hard. That was a hard one. Right there. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was my best friend, and uh, he just died recently. So, you know, it was just tough to hear his voice. You know, I think in addition to obviously the camaraderie that you can hear, you guys, I mean, this is already, you are already sort of forecasting how you want to approach this music, yeah, even exactly. in these things, which I know you you kind of hear sometimes and you're like... Yeah, I want to talk about real shit. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about real, not just, you know, my raps, my raps, like I want to talk about what was going on, you know. At the same time, you stepped away again. Yeah. Can well, you sort of, I mean, I think this is an important part of your story is like the the, the different in instances in which you decided, um, you know, obviously incorrectly that you're not good enough to do this and you took a break or you stepped away. So what happened here? Well, after that, like we thought we were good. We thought we were going to do it. Like, you know, like we, I started hearing that we sounded better. Like I, I wasn't mad at that one. That was the first time I started we're like, oh, you know, I ain't that bad, maybe. Like, you know what I'm saying? But uh, we we were doing songs and doing songs and had singles and all that. And but this is where this is the time when like, you know, everybody was rapping, you know, and everybody halfway sounded decent in New York. And uh, you know, doing the lyricist lounges and doing all that. And we didn't get a we didn't get a record deal. We didn't get a deal, and like that's what it was. Like you ship your demo, you shop your demo rather, and then you get a record deal, and then it's on. Like you know, and then you could do what you do. We didn't get one, but we kept grinding, kept grinding, kept grinding, and then it just got to a point where it's like, are we too? Are we bugging? Like you know what I'm saying? Like oh, should we be like, you know, we got families, man. We we you know let's go get some money, and you know let's. You know, my boy had a, as you heard in the song, he had a daughter. You know, at the time, so I was like. You know, should we be taking this childhood dream bullshit of being rappers and say, fuck it and just go get some jobs? Like, you know, just be men, you know, because that's what it was. It was like, you know, you could be a dreamer for, you know, a little while, but then you got to start, you know, being like, yo, all right, this ain't, this ain't us. This at the time, that's what I was thinking. So, so that's what happened. So we just, we just quit and we just like, yo, was, all right, this ain't happening for us. Let's just go get money. But what happened? You, you came back to it. Yeah, yeah. That see, that's the thing is like I, it was a passion, and I, I didn't know what a passion was until this hip hop shit, and uh, it 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 wouldn't let me go. Like I couldn't stop. Like I'm, I think about rhymes <clears throat> all the time. Like I, yo, like when I'm talking to somebody and they say something, I'm hearing the rhyme that's go perfect with that, or I'm listening to other people's songs and I'm like. He rhymed that wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he should have rhymed this. Like, that's that shit would have hit right. Like, so I couldn't stay away from the shit. It was like, I'm trying to. I'm like, I threw books away. I threw, like, all my notebooks away. I was like, I'm not doing this shit no more. Fuck this shit. Ruin my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, But uh, I couldn't stop, man. And, you know, so I came back with the help of, like, people that just loved me and was like, yo, just, you good. Just do it, you know? So that's, that's how I got back. So what did you do? What did you what did you work on? Um, I worked on a I was like I worked on an album that, you know, nobody's ever heard, but I started like getting back into it. Like, you know what? It was always group, group, group. This time 
it's just gonna be ka. Like I'm just gonna, you know, just do an album of just for me, you know. And uh, I worked on a couple albums, like you know, to just get me right to the point that then I did Ironworks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but Ironworks was the album that I did that wasn't supposed to go to anyone except the people that I love. Like, you know, for all these years, I'm telling you, yo, I'm going to studio. I'm going to studio. You say that studio shit for enough years, people are like, fuck you doing? Like, you know, you know, I don't got nothing from you. How come I'm not hearing you on the radio? You talking to studio shit? Like, you must, you know, like, so this was like, for all the people I was telling them I'm going to the studio, I wanted to give them a CD, like, boom. You know, thanks for being my friend all these years. Boom, you know? So I did that first album, uh, which... There's really, I don't even know the date. In 2007, maybe, I don't know. 2008? 2008, I think that's what I might have, I think people just gravitated to 2008. Yeah. But I think I just actually had it in people's hands. You know, I gave it to my cousins and I gave it to my friends in 2007. And it was an album that, the first like free material that I did, not free as far as money-wise, free as far as, I don't care, I didn't give a fuck what nobody thought. Like, this is my shit right here. I'm giving it to you. Love it or hate it, but this is me. This is my contribution to hip hop. All these years, since I was eight years old, wanted to be a rapper. I had nothing to show for it. I'm like, this is crazy. Let me do an album. And then, you know, technology was around to the point that I could do an album. And it wasn't like, it wasn't an album slash demo to like, yo, let's go. I'm doing an album, but I want the majors to hear it so I can get a record deal. No, so I'm doing an album, give it to you. As soon as I give it to you, you can use it as a frisbee or you could bump it. It didn't matter to me. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, it was great to just finally do music like that. You know, it was, it was like a, a breakthrough for me. Boom. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it like I'm an artist. And it got into somebody's hands. Yeah. Um, my wife has a friend that knew a friend, then another friend's cousin. So anyway, it got to a front, it got to the hands of uh, Jizza from Wu, from the Wu-Tang, which I respected as to me, one of the best lyricists, you know, ever in, in, the, in the craft. And he sat and heard it and listened to it, which is weird because, you know, I know he get that, you know, CD all the time. So the fact that he listened to it, which like was a salute, he just listened to it. He heard it and was like, yo, Duke is nice. And he wanted to do a song with me, which I thought was just industry bullshit talk. Like, I, I'll do a song with him. Like, you know, so I get a call when I'm at work one day from Jizzah saying, yo, you, you know, I'm in the studio now. I want to do a joint with you. So I'm like, what? All right. So... You know, so I was like, so I leave, I left work and um, I head to the studio and I'm thinking it's going to be a bunch of dudes in there because I never met them before. So I'm thinking it's going to be a posse cut. Like, yo, it's going to be eight of us rhyming. I'm going I'm to say about four lines and then I'm over. I get in there, it's just him in the studio. And he's like, yo, I've been listening to what you got and I think I got a beat for you that I think you'll rock on. And so I'm excited. I'm going to the studio. I'm going to the booth and I spit the first verse. And I'm like, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, oh, yeah. So then he looks in the booth and was like, you got more? And I was like, I got 20 years more. Like, yeah, like <laughs> what you need. Like, yeah. So he let me just go and do my thing on a whole song. And, you know, we did the hook and he put it on his album. So I was like, I had a song on Jizz's album. It was kind of like validation to me. How do you feel about that song? Uh, Firehouse is fire. All right, good. All right. So let's listen to a little bit of Firehouse. Now, for people who know your music or are familiar with your music, these older songs are, you know, in an anomaly in a way. I mean, it's like you sound different. Your delivery is different. The, you know, obviously, the attention to what you're writing is there. 
But, you know, the first song we played, Conflicted, represents where you are. Right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and where you have been to some degree, you know, it's evolved as well. But when did you decide, okay, I'm not projecting my voice that way anymore. I'm going to use my voice a different way. When did you decide that? Well, with maturity, like, you know, um, I'm in my 40s, so it's like, I, I, as you get older, like, you know, if you ever hit an old man, like, yo, keep that noise down, keep that noise down. I'm that old man now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yo, keep that noise down. Like, I'm like, and even for me, like, I don't want to hear no yelling, like, easy. I don't want to hear it. Like, you know what I mean? Y'all will get there one day. Y'all understand me. You know what I mean? But, uh, so I couldn't continue to be yelling on these, like, that's the, my, my youthful angst rap days are over. I did that. I did that already. It was cool. I'm transferring. I'm becoming something else. Like, I'm, I'm, I wanted to be, I'm in my, mature rap stage where very introspective I don't need to yell with you know this my, my it's like I'm dreaming my dreams aren't yelling like you know what I'm saying so that's what just made me you know bring it down and I think I was yelling back in the days because I always wanted people to be like yo you heard what I said did you hear that but you hear that bar that bar was crazy but it went with that line like now I'm like you catch it at your leisure like you know you, you know it, it's I don't want you to catch everything on the first listen you know I want you to be listening to it years from now and be like oh that was crazy all right and the fact that I didn't yell it made it more profound I feel that's just my perspective so you know I had to I had to you know like Turn it down a notch and just I'm just speaking. Because like, I wanted to be, this ain't jams. I'm not making jams. This is not radio songs. These are very personal songs. When you have it in your headphone, when you're on the train or you you're just going through something, you put this on if you decide to put me on. And now I'm in that room with you, chilling. I'm talking to you, I'm building with you. So that's what it was. It's like, you know, if you ever heard the term building, like, you know, I'm building like two people talking and exchanging ideas. It's, we call it in the hub, we call it building. It's like, that's what I'm doing. I'm building with you in these songs. So that's had to turn it down. You also began producing yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Salute to whoever started that. That was fine. <laughs> right over there. Um, you started producing your own beats as well. Um, yeah. Coming into it relatively late in the game, but how did that benefit you? You think because you know uh, some of the sort of things that have we've discussed actually this week. You know, um, at the academy, have related to that. How you can not know the right way to do things or the traditional way to do things, and in a way that's giving you a fresher perspective. Yeah, Is that true. how you felt? Oh, definitely. I I went. I came into this as an eight-year-old, wanting to be the illest MC ever, like, you know. And ever after times, like I just wanted to. I just wanted to be a rhyme. I just wanted to write rhymes. That's all I wanted to do. But it takes more than just writing rhymes to be an MC nowadays in 2016 and f forever on. You know, so I couldn't just write rhymes and thinking that I'm going to be heard. You know, so after chasing people for beats like. And then getting into the beat game, like, yo, that beat is, you know, you go to a producer and they got a, they got a beat that's really, really, really good. They're not giving it to me. They're going to give it to the person that they're going to make that beat heard. Like, and, and I can't even fault them on that. That's, if 
me and Kanye are in the same room and this producer got a beat and me and Kanye say, I like that. Who you think he giving that beat to? Because Kanye is going to make it where the world is going to hear it. That producer is now going to in turn get more work. So I understand this. But so, but I'm not in that game though. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to play your little your beat game. So I'm going to make my own so that now I'm not, Kanye won't hear my beat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I won't have to be battling with him for my, for my beat that I've, so I make my own beats then I rhyme to my own beats. So I, if if I make something that's dope, I'm the only one sitting on it knowing that I make something that's dope. And then it just, so it just got to that point that I just didn't want to, I wanted to be more self-reliant. So that's, that's where that came from. How do you decide what works best for your voice, for your delivery and for your subject matter? Well, there's a certain aesthetic I'm looking for. I like dark, you know what I mean? I've always written from dark places. You know, it was me escaping darkness that made me write so I'm looking for tones that are that could just complement what I'm doing like you know my, my voice is kind of lower sometimes it's raspy you know this that and the third so you know I'm looking for tones I'm not trying to yell over beats you know I'm trying to be you know, I've said it before like a beat's not done until I'm the last instrument on it you know so I want to be the one that just complements the beat so I'm not, you know, certain things I'm looking for. I can't even tell you what I'm looking for. Like, just like, I, you know, all the artists in the room right now, you don't know what you're looking for. You just know when you have it. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm like. When I know I have it, that's when I, all of a sudden I shut down and I'm, I'm like, I become the MC that I wanted to become. Let's listen to something from the album Grief Pedigree. Yeah, that's one of my, I like that joint. That's one of my favorite joints, man. That wrote itself, really, basically. Why is that one of your favorites? I don't know. It's just uh, the, the points that I was touching. Like, I remember writing that one, like, being very happy with that, you know, when I was in my room writing that one. So it's just something about it. I, I, just, I feel that one. That's one of the ones I like performing. <laughs> I do, I, I, I'm into that one heavy. Uh, this might be God's at speaking. It's just my mouth moving. Yeah. I mean, you know, like... I'm not under the guys like, yo, it's me. I'm so dope. Like, you know, like I know just some of these lines that I get and some of the stuff that I come like, this came from somewhere else. Like, you know, so, you know, like I said, it's, you know, uh, you know, this might be God speaking. It's just my mouth is moving. So I, I'm not, you know, like, it's not me, me, me. I'm just, I'm dope. You know what I mean? I'm so talented. Like, I'm I'm not that dude. You know what I mean? So a lot of this stuff, I'm sure, is gifts. Like, you know, I wake up with rhymes sometimes. Like, that ain't me. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just a rhyme. Like, whoever, wherever it came from, whoever your supreme being you believe it is, you know, I, I, it came from somewhere. So that's why I said that. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> too kind, too kind, too kind. Can I take y'all with me to my shows, man? <laughs> Uh, you don't do shows though I did yeah, 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 I don't do shows You're right So forget it You're right I don't do shows No why Well I'm curious to know though Why Don't you do shows Is it because You Have some sort of Well Shyness as far as Performing Or is this what You feel is the best Mode of presentation Well uh, It's a lot of reasons Why I don't do shows One, one is I don't know If this is show music you know, that's one. That's just me. Like, this is personal music. Like, I, it, you know, for now, you know what I'm saying? I know people want to, some people want to see me perform and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do this for the people. But for now, it's like, I just don't know if this is 
that kind of like I, you know like I don't if you're not into me then you won't understand what I'm saying but if you anybody in here listens to my music this is I know this is something that's very personal because it's personal for me so if you're into my sound then it's like do you see yourself in a party like that or you know listening to my stuff like or listen I did a couple shows right so I, mean, I had a nice show when like uh, I did the Pitchfork Festival a couple years back and it was great the people were great but they were all looking at me like this <laughs> and not that they weren't happy because after the song was over then they clapped and all that but it's just like it just felt weird to me like uh, uh, did I just drag these people out here to be all somber like they could have did that shit in their house like you know what I mean like <laughs> I'm bringing you out here to actually maybe make you cry. I don't want to do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's it. You mentioned duality in your writing, which is this recurring thing throughout. Um, and I think one interesting way that manifests itself in, in what you do is just the wordplay. Um, and using the same word, but phonetically sounding the same, but it's two different words. Is it something you can kind of, I, I know this might be very specific, but is it something you can kind of break down? Because this writing thing is your passion. And is there a way for you to sort of explain that component of it, um, you know, to those of us who don't write rhymes and how, how tricky that is to do? Well, it's... The, it, to be an MC, well, to be a lyricist that... You know, there's a lot of MCs, but to be a lyricist, it's about, you ever heard the term, you know, yo, he got bars, he got bars. You might've heard that. He got bars, he got bars. The, what that means is like, he says something very, very slick and very profound in that one or two lines that was like crazy. And I'm, I want that. I want like, as growing up listening to hip hop, I heard a lot of, you know, like slick lines and it was like, yo, wow, how'd he come up with that? How'd he come up with that? I wanted to be that dude for the listeners now. Like, yo, that shit was incredible. How'd he come up with that? Or, yo, that was so deep. It meant it had, you know, you know, like it was a triple entendre. Like that's what everybody's looking for. The, or the quadruple entendre, like, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm like. I'm trying to do that, you know, but, uh, you know, so in the, in the rhymes, in the wordplay of it, I'm trying to think of something just, so slick but still be relevant to what I'm saying I'm not just trying to say you know there's a lot of MCs that they they just rhyming to rhyme like they're rapping to give you those double and triple entendres in just a, in just a song I'm trying to in just like rhymes I'm trying to do it in the context of what I do you know in so that's that's what I'm trying to do I don't know if I explained that right do you have any do you have any specific examples of, of, of line wordplay like that that how that would work? I'd rather them like they'll just find it. Yeah, I like I like I like people to because I don't want to tell. That's the one thing I like. I don't want to annotate my rhymes because you might hear something that is incredible to you, and I don't want to fuck that up by saying ah, I really said this. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like it's just like I my the thing I always say all the time is like you know like when you're looking at a painting or a sculpture, I don't have Leonardo. Da Vinci telling me, well, this is what I was trying to do. 
You know what I mean? Like, I just want to look at it and get from what I want. Like, yo, this shit is beautiful. Like, and whatever I, the feelings and what I come up, what I think of it as when I'm looking at it, that's what I want y'all to have. So when you're listening to me, I don't want to be in your back of your head like, nah, you know I said this right here. And yo, you know, listen, wait, 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 it's coming right now. This is crazy. This, this, this. Like, nah, I want you to just appreciate it. Hate it, love it, hate it, whatever, how it is, but... As it, I want it to unfold to you as it unfolds to you. So if I tell you a line right now, I'm gonna fuck up a song for them. Like you know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, but yo, so I don't want them to do that. But that's that makes sense though, because it is a discovery process with listening to your music because it requires it, requ- it requires listen. Like you, yeah. listen. I'm asking a lot of my listeners, and I thank them. But I'm asking you to sit down, cut the lights off, and just listen. Like yo. Take your cut your phone off, cut the lights off, tell nobody don't mess with you for the last, next half an hour, and just listen. You know, so that's a lot, especially in this instant gratification time. You know, so it's like kind of hard. Like, so it's like I'm just asking people to do something that they really don't have, they're not used to doing right now. You know, this is what I used to do. See, me, me and Jeff, we dating ourselves. Like, we used to have headphones, be on the train with a CD, with a well, not a CD, with a tape. And that tape would just go and go and go while you want to ride to your train. I'm not fast forwarding that tape because it makes the ba- fast forward and reversing drains the batteries. So we know that. So you listen to songs that you might not listen to, and that song that you hated, by the time you went from Rockaway Avenue to 42nd Street, that song wasn't that bad. And then you listen to it again and again, and then you're hearing things that the person said. As opposed to now where, you know, you get 30 seconds if you're going to buy that. Am I going to buy this song? 30 seconds. I don't like that song. Like, Okay, I like that song. Oh, no, I don't like that song. So, it's like, we had to listen to whole albums and whole songs to ascertain whether we liked it or not. And it was more of a complete thing. So, I think I'm going off on a tangent, so I'm going to chill. I'd like to uh, play video number two, if we could, just to sort of also shed some light on the self-sufficiency of yours um in addition to making the music producing the music rhyming you distribute the music you direct the videos this is a very diy yeah you make operation like i'm I'm somebody man yeah well i had to i had to do that like you know i had to of course i wanted to write the rhymes uh then I had to make the beats because I didn't have to ask any producers for any beats. Uh, then I'm looking like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting home with my wife and we're like, yo, how, how, all right, we did the album. Like, how I make people listen to this now? So like, yo, let's make a video. So I'm calling people. Well, it wasn't let's make a video. Let's get a video done. I'm calling people like, yo, can you do a video? 30, 30 grand, 30,000 for a video. I'm like, B, I'm not a rich man. So now I'm like, can we shoot a video? So, you know, my... My wife is is amazing, B. So she bought a camera. We she went. I had her in the middle of the night in these hoods, like you know what I'm saying, like shooting videos with me. And you know, we took it home, edited it. It was like we looked at each other, like, is this good? I guess it's good. Let's just put it on YouTube, you know. And then you know, a couple people started, you know, checking it out. And then you know, things happen. Um, this is actually from the Night's Gambit. Track is entitled "Peace Aki" and the music video. Like, huh? So let's check it out. If the music, as you prefer people to listen to it, is without any distraction, I mean, is it counterintuitive in a way to 
produce a visual accompaniment to it? Well, I was for... You're right. But, <laughs> but that was so that people would could know who the hell I am. Like, I still would like more people to acknowledge the music. That to, like, I want I want people that needed to find it. So if I'm not doing, if I didn't do any visuals for it, then it's probably a lot of people that won't find it. You know, like I'm one of those artists that you discover, like, you know, haphazardly you're going through YouTube. I'm like, oh, what's this? Boom, okay. But, so I'm like, I'm doing videos so that people can find out about me so I got a, I got 20 some videos now maybe one of them might be linked to one of your favorite videos and you you know you stumble upon it and you you know you like it or not so that's what it's for I think the line that always stands out to me in this is pain in the spoken form yeah that's that's what I'm feeling like I'm doing like I'm I'm probably depressed probably who knows uh, and I haven't sat with anybody, but you know, if you listen to the music, you'd be like, yeah, this dude's just dude is depressed. But um that's what I'm doing. I feel like, you know, I'm painting the spoken form. Like that's the that's what I'm giving you. I've got five albums of pain, you know what I mean, in the spoken form. So that's feel like this is definitely that's my that's my lane. That's my pocket. Like, they, if you come into me for party songs, don't come to me. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like, if you're like, I, I love my music, like, very exciting. And I'm not your dude, all right? I'm not I'm not him. I'm I'm your, you just lost your uncle, your favorite uncle, and you about to start, like, you just want to know, like, that can somebody get through this pain? Yes. You listen to me, and I've, I've been through that, and we get through it together. That's what I feel like I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've done a lot of this on your own. You have started to sort of widen your circle a little bit in terms of collaboration. Um, Everybody in this room is collaborating just with people they've never met before. Which is dope. How do you, how are you able to build the trust um, of, of who you work with? I only do music, my music is super personal. I only do music with people I consider friends. Uh, that's just a decision that I made. Um, you know, I've become really close friends with Rock Marcy, if anybody knows uh, my music, I'm sure they know his. Um, a really good brother, like, you know, he he helped me out a lot. Um, I also did an album with a friend of mine now. His name is uh, Pres- DJ Preservation. I call him Prez. Uh, we did an album together with he did all of the music and I was rhyming. We called ourselves uh, Dr. Yen Lo. The name of the album was Days with Dr. Yen Lo. So that's how, like, I feel like I, I can't do songs with the, yo, email me this song, email me the beat. I, I can't do that. I have to be able to communicate and be friends with a person. That's just what I wanted. That's what I want to do. I know music is forever. I know the power of music and I know it's forever and I want to, I need, I need to know if your energy is right. Sounds weird, but it's just me. So I can't do a song with a person I never met just because they sent me an email. That's just, but that's me. I'm from I'm I'm an older person, so I know the young kids are like, "What? You don't do email songs?" Like, uh, you know, I'm like, but yeah, that's me. I gotta get with a person. We go to the studio together. We do an album or do songs. So that's how I work. Remember when she told me back then, back in the day, you didn't want to be the thirty year old rapper. That was like. Uh, yeah, that terrible was like terrible yeah. thing. Yeah, I didn't want to what it was, it was diss. Like hip hop is we know hip hop is it's like ages, you know, it's like it's a youth sound. It's a young so 
you know, while I was young and rhyming and rhyming, you know, I didn't think about it until I didn't get on, you know, and now I'm 30 years old rapping. And it was like, you know, associates would be like, yeah, you, you still rhyming? And I'm like, ashamed to say, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, nah, I don't rhyme no more. Like, you know, lying and shit. But, you know, I had to come to grips with like, yo, hold on, man. Like, in every, other genres, you know, in blues, you ain't official until you 50. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how you, you can't tell me no pain. There's no 12 year old. Like, I mean, you, maybe you can, but unless you were older, man. So I'm like, I shouldn't let my age scare me to doing something that I just love doing. You know, like what, what I wanted to take for you guys is a quick little sum. Like, are you prepared to do what you're doing when it ain't cool no more? That's that's a passion. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what I'm doing necessarily ain't cool no more. Writing rhymes and shit as a 40-year-old man, that ain't cool, you know? For some, it's cool for me. I'm good with it, you know what I'm saying? Don't get it fucked up. But, I'm, um, like, whenever you're, whatever the hot genre is right now and everybody's doing it, are you going to be prepared to do that when it ain't cool no more? And when you like a weirdo doing like, it might be somebody right now in their house, a 60-year-old man that's still doing disco. That shit ain't cool no more. But he loved that shit. And I got to salute that man for that. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm the 40-year-old still fucking rapping. Like, you know, and it took me a long time and support from people that love me. This is, yo, man, you good. Who cares what how old you are? You know, so that, you know, I didn't want to be the 30-year-old rapper because that's like a cliche this. But if I'm the 40-year-old, 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old rapper that still got bars as we know what bars are now, then what can you say to me? Like, you know, if I'm still doing what I love, then what can you say? Thank you, thank you. Now, you also, at a certain point, I think one of the important things for us to mention is, you mentioned you have a job. You have been doing music this entire time. Um, but you were realistic enough to decide, hey, I got to just go out there and Get have, a regular, have a regular life. Yeah, I had to work. Like, and my job is, it, it made me be the, the artist that I could be. Like, I'm, I never had to compromise myself because I know that I'm able to eat from my job. I go to work, I do. I'm, I'm. I have a job. I can eat. I can pay my mortgage. You know, I could eat. You know what I mean? And so I didn't have to like wait. Okay, wait. I know my music is kind of the what I love to do. Music it's not doesn't really appeal to the masses. You know, let me go and do a jam that's more sounding like the sound the sound of the, the sound of the time, so that I can be popular and go on tour and you know make that money. I didn't need that. You know, I'm like. You know, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I, I, all, I, all I care about is like, can I eat and do I have a house? You know, like, can I, you know, can I live? So me having a job just let me be the artist I can be free. You know, I could do what I want. Like I do what I want to do artistically with no one telling me a thing. I'm, I'm the record label owner and I'm the artist, I'm the only artist. So like, I'm not going, I let my artist do what the hell you want to do. And I just pay for it you know, as the president of that label. So I was like, if you you want me as your label president, you know what I mean? So you want yourself as your label president. You, you, your artistic, 
listen, as artists, we are, we all are artists over business. That's how we get manipulated most of the time because it's like, I just want to do my art. And you're like, you know, I don't want to read those papers, those contracts. So if you're your own boss, you won't jerk yourself and you'll let your artists run wild with your own money. So, you know, I know some of you probably, you know, like I'm an artist, I'm not working, I'm not getting a job. Just know that you're speaking to an artist that has a job and it let me be a better artist because I'm I'm not compromised in any way. It's just, it's just something to think about if you, you know, in the future. Do you want to talk any specifics about your job? I mean, you want to ask me, ask me. Ask me. <laughs> what do you do? What, what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm a fireman. I'm a New York City firefighter. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I've been doing it for 17 years, you know. Uh, you know, it's it's a dangerous job, as we all know. But, you know, it's a it's a beautiful job. I, I wanted to... I wanted to pay back some of the dirt that I used to do when I was, you know, back when I was younger. So I was like, what's a noble profession? It was like a uh, teacher. I don't think I had the patience with the kids or I could be a firefighter. And uh, the firefighter appealed to me more. And um, so that's what I do. And that's that's probably why, you know, some songs I'm a little different, you know, the gravelly of the voice and time, you know, that smoke inhalation is a motherfucker. But yeah, that's me. You know, that's what I do. So, and are you able to? Um, you know, I've always kind of been curious about this. You you self release these albums. They usually drop in the summer. So does that mean you were good? But the music's so dark. It always I always associate it with the winter. Where when do you record? Uh, when do you find time between you know working and? Well, I I, I make time. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm, I'm pretty nocturnal. You know, I I, get, I don't get a lot of sleep, um, so I'm in the night. I'm I'm doing a lot of my writing at night. Uh, I like to record when it's colder. I go to studios when it's cold. It's that New York feel, that grittiness that I'm. You know, when I used to be cold in my house. So, I'm when I'm writing, I'm still on Hull Street. Everything I've ever written in my head, I'm still on that top floor Hull Street with the leaky roof, sleeping in my mighty Mac coat. Hungry. That's where I'm writing from. So that's why you get that cold feeling because while I'm writing, I'm cold. You know what I'm saying? And I'm starving. So uh, that's, you know, that's when I like to write best. I want to listen to one more thing. This is, you mentioned the Dr. Yen Lo project with preservation. Um, let's listen to day 13. I appreciate y'all. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Do you think we put too much emphasis on this idea of authenticity? Or what does it mean to you? To be authentic? Yeah. Authenticity? Oh, Yeah, in hip-hop, I mean. Do you mean like <clears throat> living what you speak type authenticity? However you want to define it. I mean... Well, I think it's a... It is a... Something in, in hip-hop that's real, like... Is is he real or is he of is he frying? Like in hip hop, you know, that's a that's a it used to be a cloud. I don't know what it is now, but it used to be like, yo, you can't speak what you ain't live. That's the time I'm from. So, you know, if you're saying something, you kinda had to live it, you know. I don't know if that's the case anymore, but 
to me, that's what I'm, I'm, the rules that set me to be an MC are the rules that I've had from the 80s, you know, 70s and 80s. So I'm, I'm not steering from those rules. So authenticity for me is, is, yeah, major, major. But we know in other genres of music, it's not really the case. Like, you know, you could be, you could be an R&B singer singing about I love women, I love women and be homosexual. That don't really, that don't, it don't, it don't matter. As long as the song is beautiful, it don't really matter. In hip hop, I think it's different thing like yo they want to know your background too like is he live if he ain't live then he shouldn't be talking about that uh you know so i think that's i don't know i might be stuck on that i think you need to be genuine to me but i'm i'm og you know or at least honest about what you want to do you know exactly exactly i i know like i i I would like if I'm listening to a new artist that I really, really like and he's talking hood shit and then I come to find out he's born in some real posh neighborhood, I would be upset, you know? I still might bump the music, who knows? But I'll be like, it just, I, it's about me. Music is about feeling too. Like, I need to feel a person to to really get into him as well. Like, you know, if I know what you're saying is genuine and you also true to that, then I get into you more. Like, you ever like have an artist that you like, then you see the interview and you're like, damn, I like him even more now. You know, because you just you learned something else about the artist. So that's that's part of being real. Like, yo, that person's a nice dude. You know, or you know, you make you root for him even more. You know, so it's like I think it's the genuineness of it. You know, so. Are, are you glad you came here today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you didn't want to. <laughs> well, you're going to blow me up. Like, I wanted to come. <laughs> well, you know this? I just thought, like, yo, you, why you want to talk to me, man? These kids don't know who I am. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, you know, my man, they, they asked me to come. I said no. Not that I didn't want to be around you good people. I just thought I didn't want to waste you good people's time. That's what it was. You know what I'm saying? So, Jeff hit me, was like, called me on the phone, was like, yo, I need you to come to this thing, man. You know what I'm saying? You come in a, like, I need, I need you here, like, to come be, you know. So I was like, all right, if you call me direct, then yes, I'll come. So I'm very happy that I came to this. This was a, a great experience. All the clapping, I feel like, you know, except, you know. <laughs> Montreal, I, that was, it's my first time. Uh, this is my first time in Canada. So I was, you know, I got to see Canada. It was beautiful. You know, I would have never been, nobody called me for shows up here. Like, you know, so it was good to see, man. You know, it was great. You know, I, just, I wish all y'all success when you, in, in whatever endeavors y'all do musically. I hope to see some of y'all. Like, I spoke to that person when it was in 2006. All big and stars now. I spoke to them in 2016. I think we should say thank you to Ka. Thank you. Thank you. Too kind, too kind. Thank you, thank you. Chill, 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 chill. Chill, 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 chill. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Hey, this is Todd Burns again. Thanks for listening to Couch Wisdom. Uh, before you go, I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Academy. The Red Bull Music Academy is a world traveling series of music workshops and festivals. Almost every year since 1998, we've done the main Academy event in one city. The lecture you just heard, for instance, was from the Academy in Montreal. 
But we do events uh, around the world throughout the year. And among other things, we've got an online radio station and an online magazine. In short, it's a lot of stuff, uh, but it's all pretty cool, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, if you want to find out more for yourself, you can check us out at redbullmusicacademy.com.